When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Welcome to another show, of course. Payne is on the bench as he prepares for the Ashes. He's getting that neck up going. His back is firing, and we're looking forward to having him on the show. He's replaced. I say replaced, but I think they're uh, shoes that he's filling very nicely, and that is, of course, David Flash Lithgow, who's down in Tassie, and we, of course, brought to you by Harrison Agents. Payne's real estate expert, Flash. Welcome back for another week of the Jack and Flash show. How are you going? Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. We've got heaps to talk about. So much. You think when footy finishes up, you've always got that dead two or three or four weeks as cricket gets rolling, but stuff happening in the NBA. Can't wait to have the chat about that shortly. Lots of Australians involved, of course, and cricket, cricket, cricket's rolling. What about the Tigers, the Tassie Tigers we're talking? What a week they had over in Perth. Can't wait to talk about that. And Payne, another week on. He's getting better, isn't he? He looks well. That, that's uh, that's our focus with the ashes just around the corner. You're right, Flash. I did. We delve into the radio world, and uh, well, we are only on once a week. And last night I was a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie. We had a bit of a, we had a conversation with uh, with Joel, our, our producer, who's filling in for Mitch, who's on two weeks of holidays, and, and myself and and you. And we were chatting away, and we and I started to think, are we going to get a bit thin? But you, you're very you're pushing the NBA. Uh, racing is obviously around the corner. It's Freedom Day over here in Victoria. Uh, well, we can actually, how are you feeling? Is that good? Oh, I'm feeling so free, so free. The fact that I was <laughs> able to leave my house before 5 a.m., which I didn't do, um, and that I'll be able to stay up past 9 p.m. tonight is... You've been an angry man for a number of weeks now. Pent up. I've talked to your good wife, Carly, about this, and um, this is a relieving day for you, isn't it? Like a caged tiger <laughs> flash. <laughs> it, it seriously has been... Uh, very, very difficult, but the sun is shining over here in Victoria, and it looks like it's shining behind you on the Zoom as I look at you uh, through the Zoom here. Down in Hobart, I don't know the weather's great. It's coming around to that great time of the year, spring spring carnival, spring sports, as we head into the cricket season as well. But today, as you mentioned, Flash, we have got a massive show. We've got Mike Silski coming coming live. We're heading international today from the Philadelphia Inquirer. We're going to chatting Ben Simmons, him, uh, ben Simmons with him, sorry, and also a few other little NBA snippets as well. Tim Payne, of course, Payne, the inaugural uh, seat, sitter in that seat that you sit there now, the Australian Test Cricket Captain and co-host of the show. He'll be joining us to chat all things cricket, uh, Tasmania and the international scene as well, which is really firing up and a few little curveballs being thrown in from the England team. And mm. Spring Carnival, Damien Lane, who will ride very elegant yesterday, which is char- uh, charging into, uh, sorry, he'll ride it tomorrow. Um, it is charging into, well, second favouritism and possibly could be pushing uh, Zaki, the, the favourite, 
uh, come the Cox Plate tomorrow. As always, though, you can give us a call on 1342-1533 or we love getting your texts on 0437-552-535. Plenty of time for texts and calls today. So if you want to jump on and chat anything sport, Tassie or international, jump online and give us a call or give us a text. Flash, one of the big stories of the week. Ben Simmons in the NBA. What's your uh, what's your take on this? Well, of course, further developments this morning. Um, he has allegedly got a back injury, um, and on the top of some... inverted commas, flash. You reckon allegedly? Um, look, I I think you know where I sit on this. I feel um, it's a very complex issue, and I can't wait to talk to Mike about it because there's so many layers of it. I, I think Ben Simmons um, to the Australian public and very much on the back of what happened with the Boomers, um, I've always thought that his agents, Clutch Sports, were probably the main instigators in that. But we knew about that he was going to have troubles this year after what happened at the back end of last year with Doc Rivers, Joe and Bird. They both put him under the bus pretty much as simple as that. Um, it's been a struggle since. He didn't suit up for the Boomers. So I feel like the public in Australia, is generally off Ben Simmons. I'm not one of those people, as you will know, and I find this a fascinating situation. We've seen it several times over the last few years with different people. Well, you mentioned Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid, obviously the coach and the star player from the Philadelphia 76ers, and here's what they had to say on Ben Simmons. Every day, every single moment, I'm going to give Ben a chance to join the team and be part of the team. Uh, he's under contract to be part of the team. And so that's not going to change. Um, you know, sometimes it happens quick and guys join back in. Sometimes it doesn't. I've been in both situations and I'm fine with that. At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that's not my job. Uh, you know, that's those guys' jobs. Uh, you know, I'm only focused on trying to make this matter, uh, win some games, uh, you know, play hard every night. Well, sort of two well, different <laughs> different takes on it, really, wasn't can it? I just, can I just, right from the top here, I've got the biggest watch on Joe Embiid, and you want to talk about a captain of leadership in a club, and, and what he displayed, he never, ever, ever took any responsibility for Game 7 loss against the Hawks. Um, we know about Ben's struggles. We know about his jump shot struggles. And he, and he little, and offensively, he went to order. He did keep Trey Young to five from 20 from the field that day, by the way, which nobody talks about. But he put him under the bus that time. Do you know Embiid had nine turnovers in that game? He has never, ever once put his hand up and sort of said, well, you know, that's what you do as a leader. It's on me. And... This is what started this momentum. You've got to go back another year, of course. That, that, the talk obviously tried for Harden and it nearly went through. It hasn't happened. Full circle now. And my understanding is, even in the last couple of days, that the hierarchy in the Sixers still want to try and make this work somehow, but I'm not sure it's going to work, sadly. And let's, let's just hope he can get to somewhere like... somewhere like It's not going to happen, but imagine the Golden State Warriors where he could just be that... A modern version of Draymond with all your shooters, Paul and obviously Curry and Thompson in particular. That's what we need to get Simmons involved in. And, you know, I look forward to seeing what Mike's got to say about that. I'll, mate, Joel, just, I just, I just can't stand that bloke. It's, it's, I'm it's, completely yeah. off him. 
it's it's more than a watch for mine for you. It's a uh, huge you're, watch. You're, you're completely off him, but. You did mention the boomers, and, and for me, uh, and I think a lot of Australians as well, we, we probably saw that as a missed opportunity for Ben to, Definitely. to develop and just go in and embrace himself in a culture which, which may have changed him. And I know Andrew Bogut's been, been really strong on this as well. The coach of the boomers, Brian Gorgian, who were the successful boomers that took away the bronze medal, had this to say about Ben Simmons. And he's one of ours, and um, he's special. And he's a tremendous talent, and um, I would love and I, I hope that the opportunity presents itself where he gets to a situation where he can show who he is. And he's also a very good teammate. He's a guy, I mean, he's being criticized for some things that are um, trying, uh, to me, to, he's, he's conscious of getting other people involved in the game. It's what he does. And uh, it's what you're asking is, is really, really difficult, mm. and uh, I'm not there. Um, it's not my situation. Um, I look at the kid as being part of our family, and uh, I hate when I use the word disappointment that he's where he is right now. And of course, there is Brian Gorgian, the coach Love of the that. Boomers, on uh, Gary and Tim. Completely different take on it. It's uh, You've got to remember, Ben Simmons is 25 years of age oh. and a multi-multi-million dollar on multi-multi-million dollar deal and given everything under the sun sometimes it's just you need to bring guys a little bit closer to to get more from them just i just think back to now if let's say tokyo was this year um and he had that opportunity it would be an absolute no-brainer for ben simmons to go and play for the boomers get around guys because you look at the boomers and I mean, Jock Landale's a, a guy that we, we like on the show and you certainly have a, a bit of a relationship with him. We're looking forward to hopefully getting him on, who's debuted yesterday for the San Antonio Spurs. But that, that type of player, Paddy Mills, Matthew Delavadova, they're, they're the heart and soul of their basketball team. Ingles, teams. Baines, go through them all. They're not stars, but they are the, the, the glue men. They're, 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 they build, you build culture around them. And just for him to spend some time around those sort of guys, I reckon, was an... An absolute missed opportunity, unfortunately, from from Ben and and uh, and the people that that support Ben and guide Ben. There's no doubt about that, and and it certainly was a missed opportunity. And I was very, you know, disappointed, and more so, I, f- I feel like where he's been guided. It's very American, clutch sports. Um, you and I are very obsessive American lovers, of course, but clutch sports have really controlled this narrative, and for them. Um, you know, going to play for your country, Australia, they wouldn't have even seen 1% of relevance why that would have helped Ben going forward. Surrounding himself with those guys would have been absolutely sensational. Um, You know, it's a tough situation. Look, he's 25 years of age. He's a three-time All-Star. He's an All-NBA player. He was runner-up in the defensive... People think he doesn't try. Well, he nearly won Defensive Player of the Year last year. he, He had a game against... Utah when he had 43 points and 13 rebounds on Rudy Gobert. Now, Embiid wasn't playing that game. He actually hit all his free throws, too. I think he went 11 from 13 that day from the free throw line. Um, I, look, you know, I, I just want to get him into an organisation where he can be or, you know, play in the pivot and play that centre point, if you like, and, and you know, space to move. Um He's so perfect, Jack. This is the problem with his jump shots and everything else. He's such a perfectionist. He can shoot. He can shoot a three. His form's good. 
But he, he, he just can't allow himself, and that's obviously to his detriment. He can't allow himself just to be aggressive like that, and I just hope that can change because too talented. We just don't want to see this wasted. No, you're right, Flash. We don't want to see it. And, and certainly we, we, um, we watch closely when Australians and, oh, well, it's not Tasmanian, but it's a bit similar on the national stage when Tasmanians move to, to mainland teams and, and play in, in national sports or international sports. We watch them very closely. As always, you can give us a call on 1300 42 15 33 uh, or text us on 0437-552-535. Sorry. If you're an NBA lover down there in the Apple Isle and you want to have your say on where Ben Simmons should go, possibly, or the Ben Simmons situation, or you just want to chat NBA, or you want to chat anything Tasmanian sport, Australian sport, feel free to jump online and give us a call or shoot us a text. Uh, really looking forward to having Mike Silski on from the Philadelphia Inquirer because the American view has been a, a little bit different to the, I think, the Australian view, which doesn't surprise me because it's sort of a, a little bit... Uh, the thought on thought of only Australian and American sports, but a, a big name over there in the American media is um, uh, is I'm just missed his name. Received Chuck, um, what's his name? Flash. I'm trying to think right now. I've forgotten. Charles Barkley. Sorry, Charles Barkley. As it comes up on the screen here, and been put in bold. Thank you very much for that. As I've had a little slip up there. And, and the question was was posed put to him that is it Ben Simmons or Doc Rivers or is it his teammates at fault? And, and Charles Barkley had to say. It's a joke. It's stupid and it's silly. Ben Simmons de- deserves number one to blame because when people ask you to be a better basketball player and they're paying you $35, $40 million, that's a very fair thing. The Sixers deserve some blame because they already let this guy not improve and get one coach fired. And the third thing is Doc Rivers. Last year, you guys want me to take Ben Simmons out the game. Yeah, we do. If he's just going to stand around and not shoot the basketball, yes, we do. Kenny? Shaq, your coach, your mom and dad, you should be a better basketball player because that's your profession. That's your job. Your coach is important. Your mom and dad's important. But I wanted to be a great basketball player for myself first and foremost. Interesting take there from Charles Barkley. Yep. I don't think Ben wants to be the best player for himself. I actually think that he's arguably one of the best teammates going around. Oh, absolutely. Selfless. Selfless. So... Really interesting. Like it's a really watch this space with this one here because he's a, a really valuable trade asset. But we are going to get the other side of the story. We're going to hear from That's someone over way. in the America uh, right after this break. Mike Sielski from the Philadelphia Inquirer. It's a massive flash. We are going international. Harrison Agents to buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today on sixteen twenty nine SEN Hobart. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifko. Welcome back to Jack and Flash. Of course, we are brought to you by Harrison Agents, Tasmania's number one real estate agents. Well, Flash, we haven't done this for a while, but uh, I don't think we've ever done this, to be honest. We're heading overseas. Uh, We've been chatting a little bit of Ben Simmons already, so we are going to get the views from the USA, and we are very lucky to be joined by Mike Sielski from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Have you got us there, Mike? Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you for joining us, mate. We really do appreciate it. Uh, big news at the moment, and it's the thing that everyone's talking about, other than Kyrie Irving and his vaccination status, and that is, of course, the status of Ben Simmons and where he sits with the uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers. What's going on over there, Mike? What have you done to poor old Ben? <laughs> I think uh, over here the uh, the question is what is Ben doing to the Sixers fans and what's he doing to the Sixers? Um, 
You know, it's it's pretty crazy here. I mean, Philadelphia, as you guys probably know, is a sports-mad city as it is. Um, the city was very disappointed over um, the Sixers losing in the playoffs last year, and they were, t- were particularly disappointed in Ben's performance in those playoffs, especially in that last game where he you know, seemed to shy away from shooting the ball. And he hasn't done a whole lot since then to to endear himself to the people of Philadelphia. And it doesn't look like he's, you know, about to close the gap or mend fences anytime soon. Thanks very much for joining us, Mike. I'm really fascinated in this story. And there is so many lies to it. Um, The skipper of the team, if you like, Joel Embiid's come out again this week. And he's, you know, he's been pretty frank about it and whacked Ben if you... You know, if you if you want to tell it how it is, yeah, his involvement in all this, um, and I hark back to to Game Seven, and for somebody that's watched every single minute of Ben's career at the Sixers, um, we understand the game that he had. I must say that nobody talks about the fact that Trey Young shot about five from twenty from the field that day, but Ben went, he certainly went to water offensively. He lost his confidence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I think we all understand that. Is there any danger that Joel will take some responsibility for the fact he had eight turnovers on that day and he too couldn't get it down the done, done you know down the down the stretch and I, it really disappoints me that he has never really taken responsibility as well. Well, I think a couple of things. I think there's been a rivalry uh, between Embiid and Simmons uh, basically ever since Ben got here. Um, you know a question of who the true alpha dog was, who the true centerpiece of the team was. And um, so that's created, you know, they, they, the, the team has been terrific when those two have been on the floor together. Um, but, you know, there's always been a little bit of tension, and, it's, and you can see that starting to bubble over. As far as um, the question of whether, you know, Embiid would take responsibility for, you know, the team not getting as far or being as good as it, it ought to be, um, does he bear some responsibility? Sure. You know, he got hurt in the playoffs last year. He's, it's, you know, he hasn't made it through a full season without suffering some kind of injury or getting exhausted at the end of the year. Um, but I think the difference, at least at, at minimum in perception, and I think to a large degree in reality between Embiid and Simmons, is that while, Sim- while Embiid did not play well in Game 7, he played well, you know, during that series. <laughs> he was pretty terrific for most of it. And there, there, there's no doubt anymore that Embiid has kind of committed himself to trying to get every bit of greatness out of himself that he can. There were bumps early on in his career, but he's kind of matured and grown up and has moved past that. With, with Ben, there's this feeling that, you know, he could, as good as he has been at times, he could be so much better if he would shoot the ball, if he would take the off seasons and work on his game. And he seemed, it seems as if there's no desire on his part to do that. And I think it causes people to look at him and say, yes, he's a terrific defensive player. Yes. He passes the ball well and is unselfish, but he could be so much better and he doesn't seem to want to be. And I think in a city like Philadelphia, that's a very grievous sin that you are not doing everything you can to be as great as you can possibly be. It's an interesting. Um, where does Doc Rivers sit on this, Mike? And we're of course joined here, joined here by Mike Sielski from the Philadelphia Inquirer over there in the USA. Doc Rivers, the coach, he's got the two alpha dogs. 
does the responsibility fall onto him to actually make these two superstars of the NBA maybe just take a step back and and embrace each other a little bit more? He, he's the he's the chef. He's the one that should be cooking this all up and making these two great players play together. Is he responsible for for these two players butting heads as much as they are themselves? I'm not sure he's responsible for them butting heads because they were butting heads before he got there. They were butting heads when Brett Brown was the head coach as well. Um, you know, and with respect to his dealings with Ben, one of the things you, that people around the team noticed last season was the doc was very reluctant right up until the moment of after, you know, the, the post game of game seven against the Hawks where doc was asked, you know, can you be a championship team with Ben as the point guard? And doc said, I don't know. Right up until that moment, mm. Doc Rivers was as complimentary toward Ben Simmons publicly as a coach could be. There was no, he was, if there was pressure publicly on Ben to shoot the ball more or diversify his game or do any of the things that fans had been screaming for him to do, publicly it was not coming from Doc Rivers. He was very complimentary throughout the whole season with Ben. But what's interesting is Ben had a worse season under Doc than he had in any time previously in his Sixers career, all his statistical categories dropped offensively. And so um, I'm not sure that Doc's kind of approach worked. And the other thing we haven't brought up that we have to keep in mind here, guys, is that the Sixers, i.e. general manager, team president, Daryl Morey, came very close to trading Ben early in the season to the Houston Rockets for James Harden. And once that happened, once it got out that the Sixers had wanted to trade Ben, I think that changed Ben's perspective on the franchise and his desire to be in Philadelphia completely. Mike, it's an interesting point you you make there with James Harden. And I wondered whether, obviously, that was the first point some 12 months ago when that relationship started to fracture somewhat. Um, Going forward, my understanding even of the last 48 hours, the hierarchy at Philly really wanted to try and make this work. And and I guess that's twofold in terms of they want significant trade value back. How much has the trade value been damaged uh, over the last few days or even going back to the Atlanta series? um, That's really where we're at now in terms of the juggling act. What can they get back, you know, from this fractured relationship? Where does Simmons go? Um, you're not going to get a dollar and a dollar now. You're probably, I mean, from a Sixers perspective, they know they're probably only going to get 60 cents in the dollar when they do finally make a trade, which undoubtedly will happen sometime soon. Yeah, you know, that's the question right now. You've got that 100% right. Is, you know, I wrote a column last month. Um, there was an article in the New Yorker magazine uh, that was a profile of Ben's agent, Rich Paul, the power agent in the NBA. And there was a quote from an NBA general manager in that article that pointed out that Rich Paul will do anything he has to do to satisfy his clients. Ben Simmons is a Rich Paul client, and he wants out of Philadelphia. So what we're seeing here is, I think, especially as you said over the last 48 hours, a willingness on Ben's part and his camp's part to do whatever he has to do to get out of there. You know, I don't know if you heard the the news within the last hour that he showed up at the Sixers facility today, had his back examined. He was having back problems, apparently, but... Nobody quite really believes that. Apparently, Mike, or you, you, what are you thinking there, apparently? Well, I mean, <laughs> he's never complained of any back issues before, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he shows up at the facility and then leaves Slip immediately. Poorly. And, of course, he was, yeah, he was uh, kicked out of practice the other day. 
Um, as to your point about the, the question about the trade value, yes, you know, you can make an argument that Simmons' trade value is as low as it can possibly be. So if you're Daryl Morey, you might as well wait and try to, you know, hope that, you know, the trade value for him gets driven back up. But I'm not sure how that happens. I mean, every day that goes by that this story lingers and hangs over the team, you know, I mean, we throw the word distraction around a lot in sports, but it's true. It is a distraction. It's there all the time. And Doc Rivers and the other, other players have to deal with it. And, you know, I wonder if they should just, you know, it, 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 I think your point is well taken. At what point did they just move on and say, we've got to end this fiasco. It doesn't matter. We're not going to get, you know, 100 pennies on the dollar for Ben Simmons. So let's just move him, get what we can for him, and, and he wins. He gets to go somewhere else. Well, Mike, we really do thank you for coming on board the Jack and Flash show and chatting all things NBA. We could talk to you for hours. Flash absolutely loves his our NBA. We're, we're going to make you our official, official NBA correspondent here. But thank you for joining us <laughs> and chatting all things 76ers, and we look thank forward you, to having you on the show again sometime soon. Well, I, I appreciate it, guys. Listen, just one quick thing. I, I enjoyed it very much. I have a book coming out about Kobe Bryant in January, so if you guys want me back on then to talk about Kobe, oh, I'd be yes. happy to oh, yes. please. Very much Good so. Good on you, Mike. Very much Thank so. you. Thank you, Mike. All right. Take care. Well, there you go, Flash. Uh, Mike from all the... Mike Siskis from the Philadelphia Inquirer. This is the Jack and Flash show, but it's time for a quick news update. SEN Track, the new sound of chasing, pacing and racing. Welcome back to the Jack and Flash show. Well, Flash, great chat there with Mike Sielski from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Oh, well, quickly, we'll give his little book a pump, uh, a pump up. A couple of quick pump ups quickly. His book's coming out, uh, The Rise of Kobe Bryant and the Pursuit of Immortality, next month. And another quick shout-out for McHappy Day. Uh, it's lead up to McHappy Day, Saturday, 13, November 13th. Grab a pair of the Silly Socks, as you might have seen in my Instagram flash, from Maccas for just $5. All profit, profits go towards helping seriously your kids and their families at the RM. HC, the Ronald McDonald House charity there, available at participating restaurants while socks, socks, alas, sorry. Uh, interesting chat there, Flash, with him. The American perspective and the Australian perspective are just completely different, isn't it? He's got a text come through, Sean from Sorrell, give me a spell, Flash. Simmons just needs to suck it up and play and get over himself. And I think, thank you, Sean, I think that's um, a, a consensus thought process from a lot of Australian people and Again, it's on the back of the boomers' situation. You're not suiting up for your country, and people go, you don't give a continental, mate. That sort of thought process, and look, I think without any question, I think locally he has as many critics, if not more, than he does American. I feel that's a bit of a shame. It's interesting. It's... um... I would love to hear from our our listeners on if they'd love to see where Simmons lands and you can always get in contact yep. with us with, via the phone line or the text line if you want to jump on and, and let us know if you want Simmons at your at your team. Uh, what's the issue with him? Uh, chat anything NBA as well or any sports. Just let us know. Uh, Flash, where does he end up for you? Who, who's the who's the perfect fit for Ben Simmons? Well, there's obviously many, been many conversations. Golden State was part of that conversation, but I've never worked out how that had worked. They've got a blue chip in Wiseman um, that was pick number two last year. He's a seven-footer. He's going to take some time. Not going to work with Embiid. So you can cross that out. Port Portland, of course, was the big one, and Dame Lillard. You know, now, he, Dame 
has always said he wants to stay at Portland. Um, he would be awesome with Embiid, I can see that, but I just don't see how that deal gets done. And then there's Bradley Beal. He's been talked about with Washington. Can he get to Minnesota? Um, there's many, many thoughts, but it's really hard to get a read on it. And that's the big issue is is how much with the Sixers bend, I guess, because make no mistake about it, people think, oh, there's no trades for him. Well, yes, there is, but they want the world for this back. And you can understand that from a Sixers perspective. I mean, it's a big, big investment they're put into him. And, you know, everybody knows he's only going to get better, regardless of what you think of him. He, he, he's not going to go backwards and just turn 25 years of age. As always, talkback number 1342 1533 or text us on 0437 if you want to have your say, anything NBA, anything footy, uh, anything sport at all. Uh, well, Flash, if there's one thing this show's known to do, it is make headlines. And I reckon Ben Simmons looked great in that new Jack Jumpers kit that I saw pop up oh, online sure during the week. And the social gear is out as well. Not far away, the NBL for us. But after the break, we are going to chat some AFL football. Welcome back to the Jack and Flash Show, brought to you by Harrison Agents, selling your home, contact Harrison Agents today. How is the market looking down there, Flash? You're the man on the ground there, Harrison Agents, selling selling like hotcakes? Yeah, it is busy. I mean, the thing with real estate in Tasmania is there's not a lot of stock, so there's not a lot of people uh, willing to sell their houses. Um, pretty much they wake up every morning and it uh, becomes more expensive, which is a good thing if you're a homeowner. Jack, but uh, you do feel for people uh, in Tassie that uh, really can't afford to buy a house these days. No, it's getting pretty tough. No, it's, it's like it's like surging. Melbourne and Sydney almost. Surging, surging, surging. And where there isn't a lot of stock is in the AFL land as well. The trades have been one and done. Uh, we looked yes. at the draft in uh, a month's time, but players have been thrust out into uh, the football wilderness a little bit. It's a tough time for many AFL players who told, well, you get told you, and I, I haven't experienced this, but I've seen it firsthand with, with players at the Richmond Football Club when they're told their contract ends up. Really difficult times, but a few little hidden gems here, I reckon, flash for some for some teams to, to come in and, and, and grab as unrestricted free agents. There is, and of course on the back of that, we saw uh, a couple of days ago Sam Reed from the Swans uh, signing another one-year extension, so um, there was question marks whether he would go on. I always felt that there's probably still a role for Reed. Where, Certainly where, where does he play? Is a depth player or is he in the, the, no, the best? Look, he, look, the thing with it is, is obviously with Logan McDonald, um, Joe Amadi, McLean, and you've still got Lance Franklin there. They've got a bit of a, a deluge, if you like, of, of forwards. I thought Reed's year last year was pretty good and then the end found himself out of the team. They favoured McLean, but I don't think you can do with enough. He's a premiership player, um, been there for 11 or 12 years. That's a good result, good result. And, of course, then he's his namesake, Sam Reid at GWS, and he's one of many players that is on the scrap. He was interesting with Sam Reid from GWS. He always gets back in finals time, doesn't he? Yeah, no. Always. You know, player. He might, interesting player, so committed, and um, watched him live, uh, the Giants game against the Swans. Um, he's one of those guys with has reckless abandon for his body. But there's a number of players out there. There's a couple I like. What do you think? Uh, yeah, look, it, here's, here's a couple of names for you. So Charlie Const- Constable, he, he's always been on the fringe of the Cats. I think he'll get another gig somewhere else. Brander was floated as a trade and then somehow has ended up as a delisted free agent. Trent Jermont, you floated up uh, as now, a possible I, I, trade for well, Callum Jones. I think Jones. Jermont's got footy. I, I, I like Jermont. Yep. I, I think he's he's only 26. Injuries got him last year. Um, depth in midfield. Gibbons is the other one. What I mean, he he 
Jeepers, he, at times he was on the way out, did for he? the Blues. <laughs> didn't miss on the way oh, out, did he? I was surprised at that personally. Um, Stengel's going to get a go, of course, isn't he? Third time round. Cats, it looks like. Uh, uh, and has done it the right way. I think the addition of Eddie Betts down at uh, Geelong in the coaching capacity is going to have a massive impact, impact for Tyson Stengel. Had lived with him in Adelaide um, and will provide the platform off-field for, for Tyson, or Wombo as he's called. Uh, to play his best footy um, down there at the Cattery. Braden Sia, uh, if he doesn't get picked up, he'll be playing local basketball, no doubt. Levi Casbo, it's an interesting one, going to the Suns on a one-year deal, uh, or a suspected one-year deal to fill a role up there. Uh, Jack Loney, thoughts on Jack Loney? To, to good to a small forward, but has sort of been pushed out a little bit by some of the, the younger small forwards that have come through from the Saints. He sort of sums up the Saints list in a way that the last decade had those guys, and they've had 10 or a dozen of them, that just you feel almost, and at times they were look good, but they really haven't come on. And he's, a, he's another one. Matty Ling from the Swans is another one that I'd like to see get on another list. I liked him. He's a first-round draft pick, and he played a couple of games. I believe he struggled a lot last year. Um, it's interesting. I mean, what what is it like, Jack, on the inner sanctum? Like when this... You know, when all this stuff's happening, you're close to guys. Jack Loney, you'd have 15 best mates, you know, on a WhatsApp group the, or the something. What's, and the suddenly, it's brutal. And then he's gone. The, the WhatsApp culls brutal. Who so. culls them? How does that No, happen? they cull themselves. They uh, give it, It's a little bit of a send-off note saying, boys loved it, uh, blah, blah, blah. His time's come to an end. And the next thing you know, there's, there's nothing else. It's, it's, it's let's say, well, Marby Ochoa goes to the Gold Coast Suns. It's, it's it's brutal on WhatsApp because it just says Marby Ochoa left. And then the deluge of messages come through. be like, ah, oh, sorry to see you go, Charlie. Um, oh, we love you, Charlie, all this sort of stuff. But he never gets those messages because he's left the forum. <laughs> so then this is awkward. And then someone will go, the admin will add him back, and then you resend the messages, and then you delete him again. So it's, uh, it is a bizarre time of the year. One, one name that I want to uh, get your thoughts on, and... and I think he will stay at Collingwood, but there may be a different suitor for him. And at his best, he's, and I've seen first hand, at his best, he can single-handedly oh, win a game, which he did in 2018 in the, uh, in the prelim, prelim final. Mason Cox, have you got any thoughts on where he would be best suited can he can he find a club where he actually could luck more again? And actually, we you know we obviously Collingwood developed him um, as a forward, and he, and he really provided a good foil, especially as you said in that prelim. And he had some good footy in the back end of that. I mean, is there somewhere Bulldogs. where he can become? Well, they could absolutely use it. You know, I thought the Cats almost could have used it, but they've been recycling Ruckman there for a long, long, long time, and never seemed to have been able to get it quite right. Um, look, this ruck position, you and I have talked about this for a couple of years, it has never been more vital. You know what took of the Tigers? Obviously, you already had Soldo out. You start to fall apart, in my opinion, when Nan Curvis went down. He was so critical to the way you do things. So, you know, he's going to get picked up. Um, or you'll stay at Collingwood, as you mentioned. Um, it's, it's, mm, I thought the Cats, to answer your question, I thought that's where he probably could have gone, but that didn't happen. Interesting, interesting times in the other world. It's uh, it's the period between the trade and the draft, but there's still plenty happening as always. Talkback number 1300 42 15 33 if you want to chat. 
anything AFL, if you think Mason Cox might be a good fit for your team, or if you're a Bulldog supporter and you thought maybe Mason Cox may have been the difference this year. But, uh, we know that Luke Beveridge loves playing the dual ruck players. Uh, of course, Stephen, uh, Stephen Martin was injured for most of the year. Or text us on 0437 Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifter. That's a gas, gas, gas. It's Jack and Flash show for Harrison Agents selling your home. Contact Harrison Agents today. Plenty of love for you off the Flash, uh, off the text line. Flash, loving your NBA analysis. They're calling me the uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of Australia. Mm, I wouldn't have thought so. You uh, do. He's sort of heavy hitting there. Uh, putting Mike in his place as well with your thoughts. Uh, off the text line, though, Rowan from Bernie. Loving the show, guys. I'm a Dogs fan, and I thought they would have gone for a Ruckman in the offseason. Mason Cox could be that player. Uh, flash quick one. Mason Cox, could he have made a difference in this year's grand final if he was wearing the tricolours of the Blues? Uh, the Dogs, sorry. Well, I mean, Gorn was dominant, and then Jackson came in and just changed the game almost in that third quarter, didn't he? They were such a strength, and again, we said that across the board, the importance of Ruckman has never been more than now. This one comes from Adam in Bell Reef. Jack, could Mason Cox come to Tigerland? Ah, uh, well, we've lost Callum Coleman Jones, lost Marbio Cho, Ivan Soldo's coming back off a knee injury. Wouldn't be the wouldn't be the worst pickup. Um, it's maybe a few bridges I'd have to mend before a game over the Tigerland flash, don't you reckon? I just don't think there's a role there with Nanky coming back and Soldo. You'd like to have the both of those playing, so he's going to be in behind them for a start. Probably a no from me at Tigerland. This one comes from Dazzler in Hobart. Cats fan, can't wait to see Stengel arrive. Tyson Stengel, that is. Saw him play in the SANFL finals. And he looks ready to step back into senior footy. Well, don't think, Darren, that the question has ever been whether Tyson Stengel can play AFL football oh. or play at the level. It's it's the off-field stuff for him. And, and as I mentioned, the, the addition of Eddie Betts into that uh, coaching lineup down there will be, uh, well, I think it perfect. Perfect. Eddie's going to keep Stengel. playing, isn't he, in the NT? That's well, he's good. up there. He's in quarantine at the moment. Eddie Betts and his family up at uh, Howard Springs, and they are, of course, uh, getting uh, ready to play. I think he's playing for the Palmerston Magpies up there, Eddie Betts. How, ma- how many more? You've will... been up there to watch some of the footy? Oh, I have been footy. up there. played so footy up there good. as well. It's so much fun. But they will oh, be coming from everywhere yeah. to see the great Eddie Betts playing as well. Last one here, Flash. Brad from Launceston. Uh, you mentioned it. Do you think Gibbons could play midfield at AFL level? Said he was promised midfield minutes on the way out, but he played as a small forward. Just don't know whether he kicks it well enough to be a permanent mid. That's the only query. But I absolutely think it's still a role for him, the former Williamstown Premiership player. As always, talkback number 1342 1533 or the text number 0437 552535. And, of course, you can hear the NTFL coverage. That is, of course, Eddie Betts at the Palmerston Magpies on our SEN stations across Australia. News now, but after that, Tim Payne. The Jack and Payne show is back. Go the Tigers and go (laughs) Payne. Welcome back to Jack and Flash for Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Flash, this man, you've stolen his seat, but we have him every week and we'll have access to him over the whole Ashes series, which is coming up this summer. And that, of course, is Tim Payne, Australian cricket captain. Payne, how are you, mate? Morning, gents. Going well. Thank you. How are you? 
Very good, mate. Very good. Uh, well, first things first, how'd you survive the three-day lockdown, mate? The snap lockdown there, did you uh, get through unscathed? Yeah, I did. A um, bit of a challenge. I'm not going to lie, us Tasmanians have been very lucky to not have a lot of lockdown and the kids were wearing me down, so I was happy that uh, our man Peter Gutwin opened it back up on uh, on Monday. It was excellent news. Very, I'd be surprised, Jack, that if we know Tim very well, that patience um, oh, as a father shocking. at times would get shocking. a little testy with his two little ones, I would have thought from afar watching him. Uh. Uh, it's got a holiday house written uh, all over all right. it. Uh, watching today, though, to see what Premier Gutwin, I saw that, heard that in the news, what he's uh, saying in regards to people coming to Tasmania. Um, and I think, boys, we pushed hard for the Sydney test, but unfortunately, with all these borders opening up left, right and centre, maybe Perth is our only option to try and sneak a, a, a test in. But uh, we will wait and see to watch this space. Payne, uh, have you been watching... The T20 World Cup, it obviously kicked off last night with uh, Sri Lanka playing Ireland officially, but uh, Australia yeah. two nights ago. A little bit disappointing oh. against the Indians. Yeah, oh, yeah, a little bit disappointing, but it was a, it was a practice match. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into it. and Obviously, obviously we're, in, we're in desperate need of some practice matches because that group of players hasn't got a hell of a lot of cricket into them in the last sort of 12 months. So um, to get those two quality practice matches in, one against New Zealand, which we obviously won, and then um, to play against England, who are uh, sorry, India, who are probably the best team in the world in that format at the moment. Um, it was probably invaluable. The Dubai conditions are challenging, uh, and they take a little bit of getting used to. So um, it's great that our team has got out, had two games in those conditions, and they're now hopefully ready to go. There's clearly a couple of concerns, um, probably at the top of the order, but the guys that are in those spots are class players, and I uh, expect they will fire when the real stuff starts. I was going to ask you about the top, um, Davey Warner and, and Finch, and there's been some yeah. real concerns with both of them. I think perhaps Finch, he'd probably tell yourself, obviously the skipper in that format, but um, he's had a really lean 12 months, and then there is Davey Warner. Yeah. How do you see that? It feels to me that, you know, Warner, he's he's still got to play, doesn't he? Like, he, if he gets going, he can yeah. be absolutely critical, but... Is there room to change that at the start of the tournament or even three or four games in? You know, what, what's your assessment? I don't think so. I think, I think it's such a short tournament that you've got to pick, you pick your team at the start and then you've pretty much got to stick with it. There might be a few changes for matchups um, with the ball, depending on what ground or what the wicket's like, but I think you're batting your top six. You want to keep as similar as, as possible. You haven't got long to change it. Um, and obviously the two guys you touched on there, over the journey, Finchie and, and David Warner have actually been by far our best T20 players. So, yeah, Finchie's had a lean run during last year's Big Bash. Uh, he's coming off a knee injury where he hasn't played any cricket at all. Uh, and Davey, a little bit the same. He's just been batting in the nets the whole time at the Sunrisers uh, Hyderabad in the IPL. So he's, he's a little bit underdone in terms of match practice. But, uh, again, I actually think whilst they're not haven't been at their best at the moment. They're actually probably the key to, to our tournament. If we can get off to good starts, um, you see Steve Smith hit the ball beautifully uh, last night or the night before. Marcus Stoinis, someone who's really growing into that sort of 5-6 finisher role because he opens the batting a lot for the Melbourne Stars. But you can see, watching him the other night, the power he's got. And on these smaller grounds and, and lower wickets, uh, if we can bat Stoinis, Smith and Maxwell into position, then we will be very, very hard to beat. But obviously, it's it's going to take some excellent batting from Warner and Finch. Uh, and if they get going, they're as good as anyone. Payne, do you reach out at all to, to either of those two guys we were chatting uh, 
chatting to in terms of Dave Warner and Aaron Finch and and give advice or just um, so some support or is it just yeah. leave them to their own devices? No, I think with Davey, like I, I talk to him a little bit via text when he's away, unless he actually asks for something, which he rarely does. Davey knows exactly what he's trying to do. As I said, I think he's just slightly underdone, but all he needs is the next game. He walks out, gets two balls in the middle of the bat, and it'll come flowing back to him really quickly. And yeah, and in terms of Finchy, then yeah, we've got a, a text that we're we're in touch a lot, and you know, vice versa. When I'm playing, we're obviously both captains of, of the teams that we play so yeah we're there to support each other help each other through we understand I suppose what each other are going through so it's nice to be able to touch base and bounce things off um, finish your times Just touching on Davey Warner um, Tim I, I've had this conversation with you but he's he's a character that from the outside looking in some people have been not sure um, you know how to take him as a bloke etc we've seen some yeah. of his antics on the field at times Give your perspective yeah. of the teammate, Davey Warner, for us all. Yeah, well, yeah, we've spoken about it a lot, Flashy. He's, he, I think he's very he's misunderstood from a public um, standpoint, I think. He's, uh, he's a terrific teammate. He's one of the blokes you love having on your side. Um, when you cross the line with Davey Warner, you know he's got your back uh, 100% of the time. And Yeah, he's an absolute competitor on the field, but I think off the field what, what they don't see with Davey is someone who's you know, he's enormously generous, um, he's a real family man. He's a great dad. He's actually quite a soft kind of caring sort of person, actually, which is probably um, quite the opposite of what you see at times of him when he's the competitor and the cricketer on the field. But certainly in terms of teammate, um, yeah, you don't get too many better. He's terrific to play with. Paney, um what was the feeling when you found out that, uh, the, well, I suppose, the, the fourth... Um, of your, the fourth of your key bowlers has decided to, to call it quits and, and retire, and that is James Pattinson. And uh, well, I suppose it was really... Well, none of us really saw it coming. Were, were you surprised? No. Uh, yeah, yes and no. I think um, Pato's obviously had a lot of injuries over the journey, and I think that can sort of mentally take a toll um, on you as well as physically. And then I think the whole sort of lockdown stuff and hubs and, you know, he hasn't played much international cricket in the last sort of... 12 to 18 months and, and when we have been away he hasn't been picked so I think it's it's all just warning down to be honest it can be quite draining but yeah disappointed that we won't have him um, ready to go because again when James Pattinson's fit and firing uh, he's up there certainly with the best fast bowlers in the world so uh, it's a shame that, it, that he's decided to do it I haven't actually spoken to him in the last few days I should give him a bit of space but um, yeah, I'll touch base with him in the next few days and uh, wish him well. But, yeah, we're disappointed that he's, he has, but totally understand his decision and, and wish him luck going forward. Some career, short career, but um, he looked every yeah. bit as good as anyone, didn't he? You know, only 80-odd test wickets, um, less than 20 games, but that was through no fault of his own. He's certainly the body let him down, but at times, yeah. you know, and, and you brought him back for that Ashes series for a couple of games yeah. when you were mixing and matching the quicks. Um, you never, ever lost faith in him that he could do the job, could you? No, absolutely not. As I said, him at his best, even now, he's, he's, um, he's unbelievably good. And again, we touched on Davey Warner being a great teammate. James Pattinson's one of the guys you love playing cricket with. He is, he is the most competitive bloke I've probably ever played with. He's an, he's an absolute animal. He loves getting in the fight, he loves getting in the face of the opposition and again he's one of those guys Jack, you have him in footy, when you walk across the line with Pato, you know he's always going to compete whether you're getting flogged or you're miles in front, he's 100 miles an hour and 
again, mate, he was someone who made guys around him walk a little bit taller and filled guys in the team with confidence. It's an interesting spot, boys, because Pattinson's been known as that fourth quick behind the, the, the three that we know that are the, the, the main attack for Australia. Paney, does... Who, who comes in to, like, it's hard to get, it's going to be hard to get through the five test series with just the three fast bowlers. So yeah. does this open the door for Jai Richardson? Does it open it for Jackson Bird? Uh, who, who do you think yeah. are the sort of handful of players that may now possibly play due to, due to Pattinson's retirement? Yeah, I think at the moment we're actually quite lucky with our, our fast bowling stocks is one of the areas that we're, we've got a, a, a fair bit of depth, um, and we've sort of got some roles, sort of Starkey and, and, and Kamo and Hazelwood. They're all slightly different bowlers. So depending on who wasn't playing, it, it would be a different person, I would imagine, that would come in and, and try and play a similar role to one of those three guys. So, um, yeah, we were absolutely wrapped, certainly, last week in a great win for Tassie. But that was one great thing to see. The other thing was to see Jai Richardson, although he had a back spasm to get through a game. I think it was the first, first-class game he's played in over 12 months. And, and from what I watched of that game, he bowled a good pace. Um, can swing the ball. Um, we know he, he played a test match for us a few years ago. We know how good he is, so we're absolutely thrilled to see him fit and on the park. He also got 50-odd with the bat because he's a, he's a handy sort of lower-order batter, so we're thrilled that he's back on the park. Um, Jackson Bird, obviously down here in Tassie, is actually battling some injuries at the moment, so he's yet to play for Tassie uh, this season. Uh, you got Michael Neeser in, in Queensland, who's always... Um, he's always consistent. He's a terrific cricketer. He Bustles away with the ball. He's got good skills. He's missed the last game, unfortunately. With a, he's had a birth of his first child, so he hasn't played either. Uh, the other guy who's been really impressive at the start of the season is Mark Steckity from Queensland. He took ten for against South Australia last week, and again, he's he's traditionally been known as someone that can bowl quite quickly at times. Uh, but at the moment, it looks like he's got his game in really good order. He's bowling good areas. He can swing the new ball. He's good on flat wickets. Uh, and he's a big, strong boy, a bit similar to Pato, who can bowl all day. So we feel like we've got, um, you know, plenty of options there with the ball if need be. You want to talk about options with the ball, and I'm, I'm not going to look further than this Tassie Tigers squad, Jack. At the moment, if you went into Flying. WA, Flying went over to Perth to play some cricket, no Rainbird, Payne, Wade's not there, Ellis is not there, Bird's injured, as Tim mentioned. Is Payne even that in our was, best eleven? That's what I want to ask. Well, this, I, I wasn't going to go there, but I'll, I'll let you, perhaps, if you want to, but. In all seriousness, that was a sensational week from the Tigers. How about that? Yeah, it was a super win. Um, it's never easy to go to Perth and adjust to the bounce really quickly and win. And, and, and actually, WA are a very, very good team as well. So, um, yeah, we, we've got probably four or five of our best players around the mark out of the team as well. So we're, we're thrilled with the progress of some of the guys in that team. Obviously, Caleb Jewell, it's good to see him in the second innings go out and play aggressively and, and score a quick 50 and get us ahead of the game. Uh, Wakeham. So I think what we're doing at the moment is everyone stepping up when we need to. Bo Webster, the captain, made a cameo in the first innings, took a few wickets. Uh, Lawrence Neal-Smith was fantastic, five from the first innings and 70-odd with the bat. Uh, so, yeah, it's good that we're, we're not relying on too few. We're building some real depth and, and everyone's sort of chipping in and playing their part when they have to, and that's what good teams do I wouldn't say we played near our best in Perth, but again, when you sort of everyone's contributing, you, you can win games like that. So it was really pleasing. Um, what about, of course, what about the great man Peter Siddle? Big City, he was there Another at the end, fiver. wasn't he? What, what about Bo and Webster's leadership 
style, Timmy. Um, he's obviously mm-hmm. captained his first Shield game. Um, what, 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 what does yep. Bo bring to the table? We've seen him evolve as an all round the last couple of years, and he his bowling just becoming yep. more consistent all the time. He's got a real role on that team now. What does what does he bring to the table from yeah. a leadership perspective? Yeah, from a leadership perspective, he's one of those guys who who sort of he attracts your teammates around him. So he's really good at, at bringing teams together and building that kind of morale. I think his his actual captaincy stuff is is probably quite new at, uh, but I think he's a he's a real natural leader. Um, and again, with with myself and Wadey and Jackson out of the team and um, a few others, it's been it's a great opportunity for Bo to to practice or to captain five games, get some experience, because I think he's probably the long-term captain of Tasmania. So he's got that real natural uh, leadership about him, and, um, and I think in the next sort of four or five months while he's doing the job, he can grow and evolve even more so, and the experience will hold him in good stead for, for going forward. But, he's, yeah, he's one of those guys who, who attracts people to him. He's got that sort of personality, and, uh, and guys love having him in the team. So it's great that he's, he's won... F- We've found a really good role for him, which is that number seven. He can come out and counter-attack with the bat. And um, as you said, his, his seam-up bowling's actually very handy. He's six foot six, whatever. Um, he can also bowl some off-spinners. And he's, he's actually one of the best slippers in the country as well. So he's playing really well at the moment. And I think his confidence is, is sort of going through the group really quickly. Well, Payne, this feels like it's been, uh, well, it's certainly a big build-up for the Ashes. And it deserves the big build-up. And we're trading barbs at the moment with the English. Uh, a lot of the barbs are coming from this show, uh, and you're throwing them. We're quite enjoying it as well. Uh, ben Stokes, it was nowhere near on the radar, uh, and we sort of started hearing a few rumblings that he was back in the nets um, and and looking fit and looking right, and then Nathan Lyon spoke during the week about wanting to have Ben Stokes and the best England out here. Jimmy Anderson had a bit of a crack back at you. Uh, and I'll and I'll I'll read it off. It's uh, this is it, Jimmy Anderson speaking. It is dangerous to start talking like that, especially when we already have one player missing because he's looking after his mental health. Anderson told UK's Daily Telegraph. I don't think you what? ever mentioned that. What's did you? He's just absolutely made that up, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, uh, Jack. We've been over this enough. I, I I know what I said. We know what we said, and they can build it up to be whatever they like. But I'm not going to. Get stuck into that that side of it. I'm going to leave that well alone. It's um, obviously that is a very very serious issue and one that I certainly take seriously. I know Australian cricket. We've had plenty of our own issues and 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 a lot of sportsmen around the world have had issues with that. So I'm not going to get into that. That's apart from to say that's clearly an issue that I absolutely respect um, and have a lot of time for people that are struggling with that side of um, of life, not just in, in cricket. So, yeah, I'm not going to go into that. That certainly wasn't what we were talking about. No, completely misread the, the completely misread it, Jimmy Anderson, and got it absolutely wrong. We, we want Ben Stokes here and we want him playing, because like, like Nathan Lyon said during the week, we, we want to be playing the best England because when they walk home zipping five, we don't want them to have any excuses. So, Send it. We we want the we want the best team out here. Uh, quick one on Will Pekoski. It's looking yeah. a little bit more promising than it was this yeah, time last good. week. Yeah, I hope so. He's um, he's doing a little bit. He's sort of up and about. I don't think he's back into cricket yet. But um, yeah, my conversations with him, he's, he seems in really good spirits. He's as he does. He's giving me plenty of lips. So that's <laughs> always a good sign. And um, as we said, we're we're obviously keen to get him back on the park playing cricket as soon as he can but at the same time we understand the seriousness of, of the issues that he's had so we're in no rush 
Um, you know, he's a young man. He's got plenty of time ahead of him. If he's if he's right to go, then that's fantastic for us. If he's not, then um, you know we'll be sort of led by the the experts in that field and Will himself. And um, yeah, we just want to get him healthy and and fit, um, and then we'll see what happens from there. Two little quick ones before we let you go, Payne. And thank you for joining us, Tim Payne, Australian cricket captain. And, uh, well, leadership of this program as well. Uh, yourself, how are you uh, tracking along? Are we still expecting to see some Shield Cricket View before the first Ashes Test? Yes, we are. I am um, I actually had a little bit of a hit on the bowling machine yesterday, which Look was out. promising. Um, yeah. And then sort of Tuesday next week, is I'm at the six-week mark where I can start to look up, which is um, obviously the key part of me. We're keeping, if I squat down, I need to be able to tilt my head up so I can see the ball coming so hopefully I get the all clear on Tuesday I can start wicket keeping practice um, albeit probably at a pretty low intensity for a week or two but um, yeah I'm looking to be hopefully playing a second lemon game for Tasmania mid-November uh, and then a shield game around the 20th or the 21st I think it is so that'll give me a decent lead in of, of two or three weeks proper cricket before the first test in Brisbane there we go well this is one I want to put this on the on the agenda because <sighs> I've got a worry and a watch on this, Paney. Our man Flash Lithgow is very, very active on social media and loves connecting with yep. uh, an up-and-coming star. And there's a, a very famous, yeah, the late, yep. late great uh, Danny Frawley always used to play, always used to try and get Plugger on the radio, and he'd have an excuse every week why Plugger couldn't come on the radio. Jock Langdale <laughs> is an yeah. NBA basketballer who plays for the San Antonio Spurs, and Flash Flash promised yep. that he was going to come on the show this week. And this is starting. He promised that eight weeks ago, didn't he? And he's, this is, Jock played four minutes uh, and and made his NBA debut for the San Antonio Spurs yesterday, and we look forward to him pushing on from what was a very successful uh, air yep. Olympics. I've got this has got a, a few little murmurings about it uh, that I think that Flash may have over uh, promised here, and Flash, yep. you, you must he must be on the show next week, otherwise you are going to be called a myth. Look, I. I w- Excuse me, I want him to, to cancel his training this morning at the same time it was on, but I couldn't get him to do that, Jack. But no, good result to see Jock at a few minutes. He had a, he had a week or so off with a back injury too, but he's um, no, we a don't want week excuses. in the NBA. We don't want excuses flashing around. He's sure, good. Tim? He's good. Yeah. <laughs> is, is he sure, Tim? Or are you, I reckon you've been catfished. <laughs> Oh, no, he's that, good. He's good. Very good. Well, Payne, thanks oh. for joining us, mate. Uh, best of luck with the recovery, and no we look worries. forward to chatting you next week and seeing what the English fire back from, from today's little extracts, mate. So uh, good luck with yeah, the recovery. Yeah, always look forward to that. Barmy Army will have something for us. And, and Flash, if you are having problems getting him on, mate, don't don't feel... F- you can use Jack and my name if you like, mate. <laughs> very yeah, okay, good. Tim. Very good. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> Tim Payne there, Australian <laughs> Test <laughs> Cricket <laughs> Captain. <laughs> Uh, well, up next, we're going to take, we're going to grab a break. But up, up next after that, we're going to chat all things vaccination. It's the big thing over here in Victoria, and it's the big thing in the AFL world. Harrison Agents to buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania? Search Harrison Agents today on sixteen twenty nine SEN Hobart. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifter. Welcome back to the Jack and Flash show, of course, brought to you by Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. Flash, well, it is a thing on everyone's lips at the moment, uh, especially if you're in Victoria, New South Wales. Vaccination status and vaccination numbers. Uh, Victoria charging out of lockdown today into what is pretty much still a lockdown. But uh, we are char- it's Freedom Day. They're calling it Freedom Day over here, Flash. 
Um, Will Gibson. Yes, but it hasn't been uh, – well, a lot of industries have been affected by vaccination status and mandatory vaccination status. And the AFL, uh, until now, has been guided by government guidelines. So, of course, players in Victoria and New South Wales, if they like, would like to train, which a lot of players still are doing. They're going into to their um, facilities to train as uh, essential workers due to gyms being closed here in uh, Victoria. Uh, so players have had to have it done. Um, if they want to use those facilities. But the AFL has now mandated that uh, every player, AFL, AFL and AFLW uh, and staff member must be vaccinated, double vaccinated. Um, and uh, this will have to happen by February next year to take part in round one next year. Interesting one, interesting status. It's, it's certainly divisive, the whole mandating of um, vaccinations. Uh, and here is Andrew Dillon, the AFL Executive General Manager of Football on the vaccination policy. We've worked really closely with the AFLPA um, in relation to vaccination, like we have all the way through the pandemic, and we've had a very extensive education program going for the last couple of months, and we've worked closely with the AFLPA on that, and uh, we've uh, landed the policy today, and we're all uh, very happy with where it's landed. Um, in terms of uh, a percentage of players that this will affect, I mean, is there a, do you have a number in mind on, on what percentage of AFL players or AFLW players um, this might affect in terms of who, who won't get a vaccination and aren't medically exempt? At the moment, we're collating that information, but I'm very sure the vast majority of players are already vaccinated or intending to be vaccinated. So I think we'll be talk talking about a small handful of players and we'll continue to work with those players, provide them education and also health advice in relation to that. Bit of a watch this space with the players mm. flash, isn't it? It's uh, Tom McDonald who's come out and is, is put on publicly on the record that he's double vaccinated, um, has spoken about the mandate and just even the freedom of choice. Going to be very interesting if players don't get vaccinated, where it sits. So you can be sacked, you can be uh, stood down, you can be still paid 25% of your pay, but certainly uh, watch this space. Well, I'll just check in with notes. You're double vaxxed, Jack, are you? You've, you've gone tick, tick. Uh, well, I don't feel like I should have to say whether I okay, am or not. No, flash, but I'm just, I'm just <laughs> checking. That's all good. I'm trying to come back to Tasmania, and I think it's a, a, a pretty important part of coming back, yes. Well, who's going to be the Kyrie Irving? Um, you know, obviously it wasn't Tom McDonald because he has been – he's had the jab twice. Um, we know what sort of riffraff that's caused over there, of course. I mean, he – he essentially might be giving up $200 million, Kyrie Irving. He had an extension there ready to go on the table worth 160. He won't be a net going forward by the looks of things. It's a really tough one, but what alternative in professional sports do you have? Really, let's be frank about it. Um, well, none at the moment because it's been mandated, so um, I think... But no, from the perspective of leadership at the, at the top of the AFL, with people making the decisions, obviously in discussion with the... The right medical teams is there or not? There's no alternative to in the modern society as we know it. I mean, did anyone really like having a jab? I, I couldn't think of worse when I had the first one. I was like, I really just don't want this. And then I had the second one. I pulled up okay, which was good. Thank goodness. Courage. Because um, a lot of people didn't, but no one wants it. But no. you've just got to conform in the no. end, don't you? And no. it's going to be very hard to live life without having your vaccination status. Of course it is. And the boosters will be rolling around the corner very, very soon. We're going to grab some news headlines now, but after that, we're going to have Damien Lane, the champion oh. jockey, who will be riding very elegant, second on the Betty, winner, and charging with the rain coming. SEN Track, the new sound of chasing, pacing, and racing. 
Thank you there for all the news headlines. And, of course, it's a beautiful day at the moment down there in Tasmania and over here in Victoria as well. Well, the text line is going hot. This one's come through flash from Mick. And uh, we'll paint his nod on anymore so we can actually read it out. He's given him an absolute clip. Mick suggesting that Stoinis batting at five is simply a weak selection. He destroys the team's opening opening the batting Phew. and doesn't know how to play the number five role. He takes Warner's spot. We need to make hard calls and stop this BS about credits in the bank. We need to uh, we need to have David Warner opening. Surely, Flash. Oh, yeah, no, I think so. Um, it, there's queries on that batting lineup. Um, obviously, you've got Wadey keeping at the moment, two batting seven. Um, there's, there's just a, a too many concerns for me going forward into this cup. But can Finch get going? That's the key. Can Finch and Warner get going? Tim's very right. That experience at the top and, and get them going. Mitch Marsh is obviously now seen as the, the most destructive player in that team. Um, you know, I, that's a little bit yet to be seen for Marnie. Mitch has always just got an extra opportunity or two along the way, hasn't he? But that's another conversation for another day. But he's a very good 2020 player. Um, I just, I've got my concerns about this tournament. I'm not sure they're travelling that well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can put it all together. It's an interesting, it's a short format. And you know, the, literally you just need a couple of, as Payne said, a couple of ones out of the middle for some of our better batters. That's and right. And it can flip uh, like a coin, really. So... Uh, I want to chat a little bit, though, Flash, about WBBL. We've got Damien Lane uh, coming up in the show. Uh, he didn't answer the call the first time, so we've had to push him back a little bit, but we'll have him oh, so Do you want minutes. me to try him? Do no, you want no, me to try no, him, no, no, You've no, no. me before about my <laughs> sources. Hey, hey we'll, we'll, we'll see what he calls through. Trials are running a little bit late for Frosty, <laughs> but he'll be on, online very soon. Bit of BBL, WBBL, and it's been the centrepiece of Tasmanian sport at the moment, obviously due to the fact that We've been relatively COVID-free uh, and we've been able to still get games away in that three-day lockdown flash. What's it been like down there? Because it, 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 we are the hub of, of women's cricket at the moment, playing the, the BBL out of Bell Reef. It's terrific and the cricket's been excellent. The strikers and the sixers, the, the two teams at this stage going well. Strikers undefeated after their couple games. The, the local ladies in the Hurricanes, two very tight losses. They could have easily won their first two games but got a... Great result against the Stars the other day. Rachel Priest, the New Zealander um, veteran, what a, an amazing 100 she made. Amazing, wasn't it? 107 oh. off 65 balls. Oh. It, it, and it's, it, we don't see that in T20 cricket a lot. Uh, and we don't see it in women's T20 cricket a lot as well. It's just an amazing oh. knock, a great captain's knock by Rachel. Yeah, so, and, and shots all over the park, 10 fours and 7 sixes, um, sensational. So, they're, look, they're, they're, they're very deep. Um, the Hurricanes, their bowling lineup is is outstanding. We're actually um, hoping that SCM we might have some broadcast in the future with the WBBL because it's a great uh, thing that people are interested in. Um, it gets better every year. We've talked about this at nauseam, I know, but the ratings have been sensational, by the way, on Fox and Seven, and so they should be. They've got the international players in every team, and. Um, so heading up to Launceston, of course, over the next few days for the cricket. Uh, the Hurricanes playing tomorrow. Uh, and then there's more games at UTAS on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. So the folks of Launceston are going to get their opportunity to go and watch and they'll, they'll get some good crowds up there for sure. What, uh, where do the Hurricanes sit, you reckon, Flash, in terms of their prospects for, for winning the whole tournament or finishing high up and getting 
the uh, now double chance which you get in the the new WBBL? Well, there's three obviously three games, one win and two loss, but a very good net run rate after dispatching the Stars the other day. Um, I think they're absolutely a finals team. They've been building um, under Sally Ann Beams. They're, they've had a, a tough couple of years, but they really have got a squad together, I think, which can compete. They've got Stars across the board. They've got the best opening bowling duo uh, there, so they've got to get that done. So their next game is tomorrow um, against the Strikers. So that's the team we talked about, Jack. They're on top of the ladder. So that's going to be a real gauge on how they're travelling. But no, it is great. We've we've been very fortunate to to have the cricket down here, and it's been excellent. Of course, the people can. There's a few days there you couldn't go and watch it. You can now, of course. And but in Launceston, no concerns. No COVID in Launceston, Jack, in the north of the state. They're um, they're going well up there. No, they certainly are, and we are watching the Hobart Hurricanes very closely. They are, well, they're playing very well, and Tasmania cricket is in a great spot at the moment. Up after the break, though, we are going to be chatting with Damien Lane, champion jockey. We've got the Manicata, and we've got the Cox Plate around that uh, Mooney Valley uh, carnival, which is rolling around. So up next uh, on Jack and Flash, Damien Lane, uh, right here on SEN Hobart. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lifker. Welcome back to the Jack and Flash show brought to you by Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. And as always, you can hear all of today's interviews, all of the little nitbits we've talked about on the SEN app on the podcast page there. Still haven't got Damien Lane on the line, Flash, but he's going to get back to us hopefully sometime during the next five minutes. Otherwise, I will be going on to the Jock Langdale heap there and uh, not, not coming through with guests. But uh, it is big, big time in racing uh, this, well, Spring Carnival with massive time in racing. Of course, last week, Caulfield Cup won by the favourite incentivised quite easily as well and gets a 1.5 kilo oh, penalty what a win. to go into the Melbourne Cup. And some betting agencies, Flash, have already paid out on incentivised winning the Melbourne Cup, which is quite interesting. $6 million well, they, they paid out. Up a kilo and a half. Um, and obviously the further 800 metres, you know, we've, we've all been around long enough to know that um, there's always a significant difference from, well, when you go from the Caulfield Cup to the wide stretches of Flemington, another... 800 metres, of course. I mean, I think back to many, many years ago, and my most dominant um, memory is the Might and Power win in the late 90s, 97, I reckon, from memory, on the Caulfield Cup, and it absolutely streeted them and won by six or seven lengths. Now, it did win the Melbourne Cup um, a week and a half later. However, it won by a lip. Doremus flashing down the outside, who'd, who'd won the Cup previously, of course, got beaten by that short half head so um you just don't assume that it's gonna it's gonna run the two miles and it looked like it absolutely will don't get me wrong i'm not i'm just probably making the case that um you know it's a different year look what we know is the internationals aren't there jack so you're losing a bit of that real um depth from the europeans that that obviously run the you know the two miles and beyond so much more often don't they so um but that's that. But look, there's no more focus than the Cox Plate this weekend. Is Daryl going to be there? Is he? Is Daryl still there singing horses, Jack? What? Is it, <laughs> surely they can wrap that up, can't they? Time on it. Time on it. I've Darryl. had this discussion with so many people about it. People love Daryl Braithwaite. Good on him, by the way. But 
we just keep wheeling him out, wheeling him out, wheeling him out. Is is he back there again this year? Uh, oh, no, I think it's inevitable. As soon as, as the Cox Plate stops being run, that's when Daryl Brafo won't be uh, won't be singing horses at the mighty, mighty Cox Plate. Well, we have got Damien Lane, champion jockey on the line. Frosty, 23-time Group 1 winner, mate. What's happened? What's pushed you back, mate? Why weren't you ready to go when I told you? Oh, I'm here at the trials at Flemington, and uh, I thought I'd give myself enough time. But of course, when you when you do that, they're, they're going to run late on you, aren't they? Nah, very good, mate. Very good. Well, it's exciting time in in racing at the moment. Of course, last week with the Caulfield Cup, but the Manicato uh, rolls around tonight, uh, and of course the Cox Plate tomorrow. And you'll be riding very, very, very good horse. And last year's winner of the Cox Plate, very elegant, mate. How's it placed? Yeah, really good. She's um, she come, she's bounced back from a Turnbull run. Uh, she's been really good order this week. Really happy with uh, how she's progressing and uh, very much looking forward to Saturday. Uh, Frosty, there's certainly been a, a deluge of money. Um, very much at the, this time last week, um, Very Elegant was the one that I wanted to, to be on and uh, it's been crunched accordingly. We know it's heavy, form's good. What did you make of its last run? Um, I'm sort of in the camp and hoping that um, that was the run to get you to its absolute top. Um, from the inside, is is that the feeling going into the race tomorrow? Yeah, she raced well below par on, uh, in the Turnbull. Uh, I think she was just a little flat through that run. She had a really big run second up when she won and I just feel like it might have taken a bit more out of her than what what the team first thought. She was a really quite placid horse on race day uh, at Flemington when she ran the Turnbull and that's really unlike her. She's a very bright almost a little bit hard to handle uh, sort of character normally and she's really quiet and just put in a really flat performance so uh, she went down to the beach after that for a few days uh, down at Balnaring and had a, had a few days off and a bit of a freshen and it seemed to have done the trick. She's really uh, bounced back now and, and seems in really good form so I'm hoping that that, that was all it was and um, she, she's on her A game for Saturday. Zaki the favourite uh, Frosty um, a bit disappointing last start do you expect that, uh, that she would bounce back or do you feel like you might have her covered? I think um, Zaki's probably looked uh, just okay both his Melbourne runs I thought his win at Sandown was was okay without being what he'd looked in Sydney. I feel like he's a better horse going right-handed from what I've seen. His run was just okay when he won. And then obviously the poor performance last start certainly uh, leads me to think he's more than beatable. And he's he, he, I'm, I'm sure he'll bounce back as well. But I think um, that he's not... I don't think he's all that was hyped up to be uh, the Melbourne way going. Just getting the the mail through as well as we speak, Jack and and Frosty. That gold trip. That the, certainly the trainers are absolutely adamant that it's right to go. So that's going to be really interesting to play it over the the next twenty four hours. Damien, the rest of your your day, you've got a really interesting book. Um, Elephant, something that really interests me in the Crystal Mile. Um, a bit like very elegance run last start. What did you make of its last performance? As you you back to the mile this week? He was a little bit disappointing last start. He didn't have a great run in the race. On Thunderstruck sort of put a lot of pressure on him throughout. Uh, I just don't think he mentally handled the Group 1 situation, the high-pressure race. I hate to say it, but like he might have... Uh, he's had a big prep, so I thought he might have been coming to the end of it um, 
the trainer seems happy with him, so hopefully that's not the case. He gets the race uh, set weights on Saturday, so from a good draw, so hopefully hoping more than expecting that he'll bounce back. And you've got Harpo Max in the, in the Gold Cup. Um, what about tonight in the, in the Manicado? Tell us about La Mexicana. It's a, Decent it's a price horse. flash, 23 Well, it is a price, and I, I'm really just... I've got it here just ready to, to tick a couple of boxes if Frosty can lead me into it. It's been an interesting prep, um, a couple of seconds and a third and a fourth um, since it came back from a spell. Very talented on its day. Um, chance? She'd have to go to a new PB to win this race. She's had a really good prep so far. She's very honest. Um, I think the owners are keen to have a go to group one in what looks like uh, probably one of our weaker group one sprints. It probably suffered because of the Everest last week. We haven't got the top liners there. So that was their thought process. They thought uh, they'd have a go. But especially from an awkward draw, I think um, she's going to find it tough. And Frosty, uh, have copped a suspension for a whip breach on Colette, uh, but deferred it after the Cox Plate means, means you'll miss Derby Day. Uh, unfortunately, you've got to miss Derby Day. It's a great day of racing, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of our, you know, our feature days. It's, it's one of our best days. Um, it's, you know, there's obviously, it's, it's, one that, it's one that we all want to be involved in, but uh, unfortunately I won't be, but that, that's an, that can happen in the game we're in and uh, just have to take my medicine. Take your medicine, take your medicine, watch back and then come back uh, on uh, Melbourne Cup Day. And Absolutely right and well, mate. Uh, well, Frosty, thank you. Damien Lane joining us here. We really do appreciate you joining us on Jack and Flash, mate. And good luck tonight. And Thanks, Doug. Thanks best of me. luck tomorrow. I do know an owner of Very Elegant and he's very excited about hopefully going back-to-back in the Cox Plate this year. So good luck, Frosty. Thanks, guys. There you go, Flashman, Damien Lane. Yes. Told you I would deliver, and I have delivered. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm liking very elegant tomorrow. Very liking it. I mean, it, it was about eight dollars a week ago, and then it's been absolutely smacked this week into five dollars. Um, there might be some more money for it. It's such a fascinating race, isn't it? With the top weight, we don't know Zaki. That is, of course, it. Where's it at? Um, can the three-year-old down the bottom? Um, I don't mind Captivant for Snowden's thing as well as. We know Williams has got a, a good opportunity as well. So, very exciting. Can't wait to see people back too. There's some people back over the next couple of weeks yes, for the carnival. Yes, yes, they're starting to come back. Derby Day, I think they're talking about 5,000 people possibly yes. going back to the races to, to watch. And, of course, then that whole Flemington Carnival there with the four days and hopefully some crowds. And we see some live sport on TV for being watched by people at the sport. T20 World Cup starts tonight for Australia. Oh, tomorrow night, sorry. Australia Flash, 9pm. You'll be watching now, Dale, against South Africa, won't you? Yes, I will indeed. Um, but look, my focus is very much on the Cox Plate tomorrow and I think Frosty's on the winner. Um, let's hope he does and good to see you after 14 phone calls you got him online, mate. <laughs> and uh, I am out of isolation over here and going to live my best life uh, and hopefully return <laughs> to Tasmania soon tomorrow night to as you, well. Son. The Matildas We'll be playing a great weekend of sport. This has been Jack and Flash here on SEN, always brought to you by Harrison Agents. Selling your home, contact Harrison Agents today. Go the Tassie Tigers, and we look forward to seeing you and hearing you next week here on SEN.